0: to look into your words and to tap into your heart we ask you Holy Spirit that you guide us may our spirit be illuminated may we receive revelation the glory and honor of your name in Jesus name Amen so thank you again thank you choir the worship team thank you and I want to thank all of us again for this uh, wonderful opportunity, again, to look into his word. And uh, as usual, can we just um, have a review of what we have done the last time? We began by looking at why marriage was instituted. And I have said in the beginning of this um, series that You don't need to be married to be well-informed and well-educated about marriage. What makes people have good understanding of marriage is not first and foremost experience. Are we together? So I do not want us to feel, "Ah, it's because I am not married and that's why I don't have understanding about it. No. Or as some people say, well... I don't have a child, so I don't understand what, that is not a, 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 a statement by, I mean, a statement that believers should make because our doctrine, our understanding is guided first and foremost by the word of God. Now, our experience should mirror the word of God. It's not our experience that, that validates the word of God. Amen? But the word of God gives life or gives, um, um, helps our manifestation. So, and I have to sound that very clearly because sometimes uh, some people who are married tend to, uh, not here, but especially in Africa, tend to open their chest, you understand. You don't know what you are talking about, you understand. You You are novice, you understand. So, Because what guides our convictions, what guides our education is the scriptures. Hallelujah. And that's what we are trying to follow. And please, I am assuming that we are students of scriptures. I am assuming that you are not lazy students. I'm assuming that you are a disciple. Because you're going to find it difficult when you are learning and not to apply. Any student that is learning to apply the knowledge, do better. And so if you are learning and in the process of learning, what part of the motivation to learn is to practice it, then you will do well and you do yourself a, a good thing. Amen? So can I hear from some of, few of us, what did we uh, conclude last week that some of the, purposes of marriage what did we say is are uh, 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 some of the, the 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 reasons why God instituted marriage amen yes okay for love and communion we saw that uh, god said let us make man let us that what is pregnant that what is is uh has so much for us because it shows to us from there the trinity and we saw that is in this image of communion, in this image of love. We, have, we said that God didn't just create the earth, just, God doesn't create things to prove that he is loving. No. We saw these things that we are seeing today because he is loving, not just because as a, 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 he didn't create them to be loving. That's what we, we we said. And so he created us in his own image and For the believer who is recreated also in the image of him, we are expected that our language, our culture, to be what? To be that of love and communion. There shouldn't be an iota of wickedness in us. So if we understand from that perspective, and even our Christian life is guided by that, then that means as we continue, then we will not harbor evil towards even our spouses. Because already we know that in the image of God, he created and the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And we live in that. Uh, 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 and when you read uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you will see so many things there. You cannot conceive evil. You understand love is patient. Love is kind. Love, love, love does not think evil. Love, does, love, love looks at the, it doesn't, it, it doesn't enjoy, it doesn't celebrate in wickedness. Are we together? So, what's the second one we said again? Yes, for procreation. For procreation. And we said we have to know it from today that procreation essentially is not for you. You are not bringing children into the world to make a name. You are not bringing in children into the world so that they will, 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 will accomplish your purposes or will accomplish your, your desires and your dreams. No. We said you are in the wall, and one of the reasons why God, and that's why you see the issue of homosexuality is already an, a, against God's way of, I mean, why God instituted marriage. Are we together? So, because they are not for us. Hallelujah. Yes. What's the third one? Yes, sex. And we established that sex is not just for poor creation so god instituted sex for pleasure you know sometimes it's so difficult to wrap our head around it because you know the way the picture of god we are being given sometimes affects even our understanding when we begin to talk about some issues because somebody will just be ah, how can this how can this serious spiritual you know sex is not look as spiritual you understand each time we talk about sex the first thing that comes that registers in our minds is canality is, is that not true so you see the problem already is from the foundation you understand and truly we have to relearn we have to unlearn and we have to learn again are we together this is very important and is by the time god takes you into marriage when you are having sex, see as if the angels are saying, Hallelujah. hallelujah. And that's the truth. That's what they are. Look at you. <laughs> that's it. Because you are doing the will of God. In fact, the angels empower you to have sex correctly and, and to enjoy it well. Because they are ministering spirit. You understand? They are to serve us. Did you understand what I'm saying? You see, we have to decongest some of the thought we are having because each time I talk about sex, people look at me as if I'm of. Victor is spiritual, highly spiritual, and when we are talking about it, because each time you do the will of God, God is happy. It's worship. Are we together? Now we will quickly move to the next uh, thought, just like uh, we have begun. And I want us to I want to move quickly to the part which we will discuss today. The fourth uh, reason why God instituted marriage. Yes, the fourth one is for His service. And we're going to spend some time here because there's another. Huddle we have to cross here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, it's for God's service. So, God instituted marriage so that man will serve him. So that together, they they become a team. They they become stewards of his creation. That's the the word there. You can't mention about steward when you have not been entrusted with something. Are, Are we together? So, that's the fourth uh, purpose why God instituted marriage. And we see it right from the very beginning. And I want us, uh, brother, to help us again read these scriptures. We're going to read it again. Uh, and I want us to please open our Bibles. Let's read it again. It's good to read the scriptures. Yes. Bless them. Genesis 1, verse 28.
1: God blessed them uh-huh. and said to them, yes. Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, Mm -hmm. rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature Mm -hmm. that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be your food. And to all the beasts of of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures and that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food, and it was so.
0: Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Let's go back to that scripture again. Colossians 1, 16.
1: Colossians 1, verse 16. Yes. For in him all things were created, Uh things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, Uh all things have been created through him and for him. Through him
0: and for him. Yes. Romans chapter 11, verse 35 and 36.
1: Who Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? Huh? For from him and through him, for him, are all things. I, I want you to repeat to that him.
0: statement, sir, again, that one. For, for from
1: him, for from him, and through him, and through him, and for him,
0: and for him,
1: are all things.
0: Are all things. How many things? All things. All things.
1: To him be glory forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: So, the, the things I'm trying to point out is that is, is to him, through him, and for him all things were created. And that's what Colossians tells us, too. And we have seen that all that God had created in verse 31, that he saw that it was good. So they are created for him. And we saw that in this part, all things, including the marriage institution, they are also created for who? For him. So with the the underlying Truth of these scriptures. We've already seen that you cannot think about marriage without thinking of God's words, of God's work. Are we together? So if you are coming into marriage, what you are coming into, you are coming into business of God. Because you are coming into expansion. You are coming into more of God's service. If this is not your idea about getting married or getting married, then truly there's going to be a huge problem. And that's what I want to establish here. So God created everything, as I've said, including marriage for himself. So what is what are you thinking? What has been your thoughts concerning having a relationship and then planning to get married? What has been your thinking? Is it to go to do God's work? Did you even know what is God's work? Do you even know what actually God has called you to live here on earth for? Did you see why it becomes very very um Unscriptural for somebody to just jump into marriage without understanding God's purpose for his life. That's why babies is not for boys and girls. This idea of boyfriend, girlfriend is not. That is not the thought because it's for matured people who are called into business. Is called into work for the Lord. And so it's not just we will. If you see. Even when the husband and the wife take um, a time to go for vacation, to go and freshen up, to hold their hand and they are dancing at the beach, you understand? There's nothing wrong. All is for the purpose that they are what refreshed. Refreshed for what? Refreshed for work. They are not going there for pleasure. Remember, in the last days, people will have pleasure. As their purpose. Have you read your Bible correctly? Yes. So, but for the man of God and for the woman of God in marriage, no, they are not going for vacation for pleasure. That is, the purpose is not pleasure, but they are going to refreshed. They are going to enjoy themselves when we take ourselves out to restaurants or whatever. The essence is for us to have our mind come to ground level. Are we together? So that we will receive freshness and strength again to come back for the work in which He has called us. If that is your idea of going out, then you have done well. So, sir, read me this, Joshua. For me, it's one of the scriptures that sounds the heart of God for marriage and homes. Very clearly, yes, sir. Joshua chapter twenty-four, verse fifteen.
1: If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, uh-huh. then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, uh-huh. whether the gods your ancestors served be beyond the Euphrates uh-huh. or the gods of Hamorite, yes, in whose land you are living. Uh-huh. But as for me and my household, oh, glory. we will serve the Lord.
0: Not only me. This idea we see from the Western wall, uh, Western wall that you see the husband will just drive the, the woman and the, the children to church and keep them. Then he will just go away. Already the, is defeated. The plant of God is defeated. Not the children and the woman. No. He said, as for me. And my who? My entire house. We will do What? we will serve the Lord. One of the greatest things you will do to your life and to your home is that your home will serve the Lord. So when you get married to a person who does not have this mentality, who doesn't have this mentality, who doesn't have this understanding, who doesn't have the work of God as his goal, she does not have the work of God as her goal and doesn't that person is not committed at all toward the things of God toward the work of God toward the service of God then certainly you are going to struggle and you will not please the Lord in your marriage it's going to be dangerous now we are finished this, you will see reasons why God will even ask you never never to get into yoking with an unbeliever. D- did you see reasons now? So, what does Matthew 28 19 mean to you? What does Matthew 28 19 mean to you? In the light of the purpose of marriage. You know, sometimes we read it. You understand? There is a way we segment some people to be part of that. And we leave others. But he was communicating or he was calling this. And he was commanding this to the entire disciples. Not some disciples. But to the disciples. How? Do, do, do you think about that? This is, a, this is, we call it the great commission. Saying, Go ye into the world and make disciples of how many nations? All nations. All nations. How did you see your home being part of this call? How? And I want you to think about it. Okay, I want to dive into something very crucial now. How should a man and a woman in marriage harmonize and work together in God's service? How? How? You know, this is one of the things when I was preparing this was troubling my heart. And I want us to think together and to meditate. And probably as you go back home to really have time to, because we're going to read a couple of scriptures. To maybe probably if you have a spouse, talk about it, you understand, discuss with it. Read is going to be very helpful. I'm going to share a lot of some of our thoughts here that could be provoking. Amen. Now, the idea that the man is the owner of the work and the woman is just coming into the marriage to help the man in accomplishing his God's giving assignment or work is not correct. Now, remember, we have read that 28. Are we together? Verse 28 of Genesis 1. Was it to Adam? Was he talking to be steward? No. Was it to Adam alone? No. Now, I, I don't want to, just like I mentioned earlier on, I don't want you to separate chapter 1 and chapter 2. When you are reading, you see, sometimes it's good. And I want to honor our fathers who really translate scriptures and truly put, you understand? The, the other day, our, I think in, in, the, in, in our in our preparatory class. I said, there's sometimes the way we talk, you understand, know, concerning some translation when they miss it a bit. I said, these transla- translators didn't do it well. You understand? Know, you know, it, it sounds dishonoring to the, to, the, to the sacrifice of this man. Some of them, when you read church history, you understand that some of them had to be burnt alive for this cause. For the word of God, probably, even if you don't have time to gather all the material, please, I want to encourage you to take time to read. Even if you read one of uh, Robert, um, uh, w- uh, even if it is just one of the volume of God's General, particularly the Roaring Reformers, God's General, the Roaring Reformers, you will see how men paid with their life just to translate the Bible. You understand? What we are joking today. So I really want to honor them. But sometimes these verses and chapters can confuse us. Because it has a way of giving us a break. You understand? But when these letters were written and these books were written, they were not written in chapters and verses. And that's why you read from the beginning to the end. Then you will get the whole story. So please don't remove chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis. Read them together. You will have the whole scope. First, we establish that. God that created man. He shows us his intention in chapter, I mean, verse 26. Verse 27, he shows us that he created man. And we saw that it's man's spirit. The spirit man. And then verse 28, we saw how he blessed them. And again, declare again and his intention for bringing them together. And he wants them to multiply. Are we together? And then we saw again, A part of it, which is verse 28, shows us again he wants them to be stewards of God's creation together. The work is not to the man or to the woman. The work is that they should be co-workers. Is that okay? Now, let's establish that at that point. Now, the idea of a woman as a helper. Of the man has made many marriages a struggle. And I want to show you how. A lot of struggle. Now, some women who were already established in a work or an area of service for the Lord before marriage, some of them have been told to put it aside for her husband's vision. Since God made her to be a helper for him, now, this is a danger. Some of them, some of it, I've have, I have met many ladies who face this problem. Many of them, because like we have, uh, have always asked, uh, asked us that to know what God wants you to do. Are we together? But over the time when women are groomed, and especially sincerely, it's so sincerely, but it's erroneous. Most times, even in my own house, they say, Is that how, I, how you're going to do in your husband's house? A little thing, is that how you're going to do in your husband's house? Is that how you will not help him correctly? You know, so most of them were are bombarded all the time about not to focus on what did God want you to do, but how will you help your husband? So it's like the man is a man, the one with the work. You are just coming there to be a help, as we normally say it. Now, and many women, as they are growing in knowledge, they are even threatening now today, and I have, I have. And I've seen many sisters with such type of genuine fear. Because she's afraid. How will I abandon what God wants me to do? It's in my heart. And now you are coming. Now, because in their fear is that. This man now will say, I have to abandon all these things I have built over the years for the Lord. But that is not God's will. Because neither the man nor the woman owns the work. Did you understand Say it. And this idea that his ministry is not compatible with mine is an error. Did you hear what I said? It's an error. The same God who gives the work, you cannot tell His work that is incompatible with another work which He has given. It's an error. Because God, there is a a, a ultimate goal He wants to accomplish on earth. Are we together? So, out of this work, the huge ultimate work, then he, like, pieces it in chunks and give it to different parts. And, and, I, I, and that's why Paul would describe it sometimes, that, that understanding as a body. So, the body cannot say to the eye, just we are in the church now. You, I can be the eye, me, I can be the hand, you understand, and others. Are we together? So, the hand cannot say I'm incompatible with the eye is a confusion. Are we together? So there is no work which God has given or originated from God. You can say that I'm not marrying him because our vision is incompatible. Then you must have received your own from a demon from Africa. (laughs) Are we together? Very important. So this idea has put many women that God has called to pioneer. So it seems as each time a woman is feeling something to do. She's feeling restricted because she cannot pioneer something because in her mind, they have told her that the man is always the one that should start up something. You are there to just follow and help. And this is one of the biggest challenges. And we we um, we cannot assume that that is not a problem because I have, we have seen it. Now what is God's mind concerning this problem? Now this idea came from Genesis chapter 2. And we are going to take time to study that. Hallelujah. I understand that you so this church we are not afraid to discuss things that seems controversial. Are we together? Because we are here to learn. You understand. And that's why I love I love I love this church. And we are not afraid to make mistakes. When we are wrong, we will agree we are wrong. When we don't know fully, we will agree we don't know fully. And we'll go back to book. And we'll go back to the word and study. Hallelujah. So I believe that this thing is going to challenge a lot of doctrine today. <laughs> Hallelujah. But please, go with me as a disciple. If you really, you're going to enjoy the journey. If you come with me as a disciple and not as a scribe. You know, those. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter, please, sir, help me read this verse. Let's go to our scriptures, please. If it is possible, just look into your scriptures. Our brother is reading that. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4 to 25.
1: This is the account of the heavens and the earth, when they were created, Mm. when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Mm -hmm. Now no no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, Mm -hmm. and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth. And there was no, no one to walk the ground. Mm-hmm. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground mm-hmm. and breathed into his nost- nostril, the breath of life. Yes, And the man became a living being. Mm-hmm. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, mm-hmm. and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eyes and good for food. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. Mm -hmm. The name of the first is the Mm Pishon. It went through through the entire land of Avila where there Mm -hmm. is gold. And the gold of that land is good aromatic resin and onyx mm-hmm. are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. Mm-hmm. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to walk it and take care of it. Okay, wait. The Lord did what? Took the man uh-huh. and put him in the Garden of Eden to walk it and take care to take care of it.
0: Okay, sir, just wait a bit there. Now, this is where the problem starts. Now, I want you not to read this verse separate from chapter one. Now, is this scripture saying that the work was for the man alone? Or was it that this was the first man, I mean, the man that his body has been made? Remember, we have read this scripture that this is the, 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 uh, it has introduced us that in verse seven, that the body of the man was made first. Are we together? And we saw the reason why that was. Remember our last teaching? Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, when God now made the body of the man, and now the man now physically is available, but the woman has not yet been made available physically. Are we together? Now, and now God t- took him and put him into the garden to walk it. Is it suggesting that this man, the man owns the work? Because remember, the stewardship of God's creation was given to how many of them? Yeah. Both of them, they were to be what? Co-workers. Now, that's the first thing we have to establish here. Amen? Yeah. Yes, i continue.
1: And the Lord God commanded the man. You are you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, mm-hmm. but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. For when you eat of it, you will, you will certainly die. Yes. The Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." Mm-hmm. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. Yes. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, mm-hmm. and whatever the man called each living creature. Mm-hmm. That was its name. Yes. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. Mm-hmm. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Mm-hmm. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's rib and yes. then closed up the place with flesh. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord God made a woman. From the rib, he had taken out of the man. Mm-hmm. And he brought her to the man. Mm-hmm. Then, then the man said... This is now the bone of my. Okay, it's so
0: okay, sir. Okay, the marriage took place. Amen. Amen. Now, very important. Now, for many years, just as many of you, sincerely speaking, I thought this helped me. This is King James. Understand? Or other versions say helper or some help. I thought is a woman for many years, many many years. In fact, not too far away, I. Every day, read that place as a woman, and the understanding first came, because I am thinking from the first, just like what I explained, that the man was the one who owns the work. Do you understand? What I'm saying? I forgot Genesis one. I was just reading Genesis two, so I thought that man was the one giving the work. So God certainly must be bringing the woman to help the man from the work He gave to him. Are we together? Yeah. And I was sincere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, but as I read and meditated closely, when all these things, I'm putting all those things together, reading chapter one and back again. You understand? It appears to me that the help meet for him, as King James put it, or helper, as other versions put it, God was talking about was not likely to be the woman. Was not likely to be the woman. Now, because there are many reasons, and I want us to look at that uh, in verse 18 and verse 20. that what helped there. That what helped. And there are reasons, and I want you to read uh, verse 17, sir. Read verse 17 for me.
1: But you must not eat from the tree of Or start from verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden yes. to work it and to care for it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord God commanded the man. Now, listen.
0: And now the Lord commanded the man.
1: You are free to eat from any tree of the garden. Okay. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Okay. So, the wait here. Amen. Amen. Now,
0: first what gave me concern was to the realization that That thing that God took man to go and put him in the garden to work. And I discovered, no, 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 no. It's not an exclusive work given to the man. Then I used to think that that was what God gave the man. And he gave the woman nothing. You understand? And the woman was to come and support the man. So when I discovered that, no, that was not it. In light with Genesis chapter 1. Then that made me to begin to look and read this thing with a critical eye. You understand? What was it? Now, the first issue, one of it was to really go to the Hebrew word there. Because we want to know the, the root word there. Now, in scripture, there are two Hebrew words that are used for help. You understand? And first is Ezar, just like it is pronounced here Ezar. Which means this one, Ezar, is a noun. A noun. Are we together? Noun. Then we have another one pronounced like this, azar, which is, a verb. It's still help, but it's a what? It's a verb. But now, that means since it is a verb, our main focus will not be this one. Are we together? Because it's, that help is referring to a person. Amen? So, my word goes to this one. And where most of the word this one, azar appear, It appears as divine help. Divine help. Not human. Divine help. Now, I want us to look at some of these uh, truths here. Now, 21 times in the Old Testament, this word appeared. 21 times. And in all where it appears in the context of it, it appears as someone which is powerful. You understand? appeared, the word root word, this azar means a rescuer, a savior. One who is superior, one who is more powerful. Are we together? Remember what we said is divine helps. That is someone who is greater than you are in strength and in ability. Amen? Coming to, in terms of, especially, this is the the, the context in which it's been uh, mentioned. Coming to you in terms of trouble. Because, of course, except you are in trouble, you don't need a rescuer. Amen? Except you are like we, you don't need a savior. Except you are in trouble. So, looking at that, and I go to these uh, scriptures. Because I went to each and every of these scriptures to read. Please, sir, I, I want us to take this thing to read these scriptures. We have read these scriptures already, this one. That's the two times in Genesis. And in all time where it appear, it appear as Ezra. Ezra means a divine help. Not in any way. Now, 16 times directly referring to God. And I want us to read it quite fast. Exodus chapter 18, verse 4.
1: Exodus 18, 4. Yes. And the other was named Eliezer. Uh-huh. For he said, my father... Now, wait,
0: wait, wait, sir. That is from the word "Ezra" that Eleazar came. Are we together? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Read for, he, it.
1: for he said, "My father, my father's God was my helper." My
0: father he God me was my helper. helper. Are we together? Yeah. That's the root word there, Ezra, referring to God as the help, divine. Yes, sir. Deuteronomy thirty-three seven. 33 7, Deuteronomy 33 7,
1: and this is said about Judah, Mm -hmm. hear Lord, the cry of Judah, bring him to his people, with his own hands he defend his cause, oh be his help against his foes. Be
0: his help, he's talking about God directly, verse 26 of that chapter 33,
1: there is no one like the God of Jeshurun, Uh Who rides across the heaven to help you mm-hmm. and on the clouds in his majesty. To
0: help you. Talking about God. Yes. Deuteronomy 33, 29.
1: Okay, same Deuteronomy. Yes.
0: Same Deuteronomy.
1: 29. 29. Blessed, blessed are you, Israel, who is like you. A, a people saved by the Lord he is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Again, God. Yes. Psalms
0: 20. Verse
1: two, Psalm twenty and verse two. Okay. Verse two. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Now, because of time, we might not read each and every one. But now, in all of this scripture, maybe you might put it down and go back and not maybe. You should. You should. You understand. You should. In all of these 16 times, directly referring to God. At least, then, two times is showing how men, powerful kings, could not meet up to Ezra. Amen? And I want us to read that scripture. Ezra, that is failing to help. Because it's not in man to Ezra. No man can Ezra. And that's why even when powerful kings are called to Ezra, they couldn't meet up. Amen? Yes. Isaiah chapter 30. Chapter 30 and verse
1: 5. Everyone would be put to shame because of the people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage. Did you hear that? But only shame and disgrace. They,
0: they, They bring neither what? Now, that help there is talking about Ezra. Yes, sir.
1: Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel. Talking, I will scatter to the wind all those around him, his staff and all his troop, and I will pursue them with the drawn sword.
0: You see, that he's talking about when Judah was in captivity and then the captivity of Judah now, God was to scatter Judah's what? Wait, God was to scatter Judah's what?
1: His help. Now,
0: the, the issue is that they, they are trying to step into a position that is of Ezra. And now Ezra is coming to scatter them because that is not their rightful position. Now, the last part is in Daniel. Daniel chapter 11. We normally caught the 32. We didn't know what happened. Yes, sir? Daniel
1: 11. 34. Yes? Okay. When they fall, they will receive a little help, and many who are not sincere will join them.
0: Amen. Yes. Amen? Now, if you read in the context of it, you will discover that there was a king, the northern king's blasphemy, you understand, and now what happened is that God's people couldn't receive the help they needed at that moment. They could, it's not saying that the help is coming from a king, But he's just trying to describe that they couldn't receive the help. eh? They need. So, it was during persecution. And that was why that scripture we read earlier in chapter 2. said, they that know their God eh? shall be do what? Shall be strong and do exploit. He's talking about the Jews that believe God. You understand? They are persecuted in that season. You understand? Yet, at that time, they couldn't receive help. That's what they are. Little help as your scripture says you understand is talking about the the help in the context we are talking about so in all of this appearance where this word particularly remember the word help appears several times as i said there are several meaning of different meaning of the word help but in the help where it means divine uh, ehazar you can see that that no are a man fit in Nowhere a man fit in. Now, Azar, that word, again, in Genesis, it didn't mean at all, nowhere in scripture, it appears that it's referring to someone who is either equal or who is a servant or a subordinate. Nowhere. Now, after studying all things, I begin to contemplate, then it cannot be a woman. Because a woman cannot be given such a quality. So therefore, to describe a woman as a helper in the context, this context, remember, we're not just talking about help as we help one another. Are we together? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a helper in that, in that context as a savior, as a rescuer, as one who is more powerful, who is more superior in strength to a man. It's not correct. It's not correct. Now, the creation of the woman is not an afterthought. You know, sometimes it looks as it's an afterthought. Maybe it's a second option that came later. And God, saw, God, God just was just trying to look at the man. You, understand? you know, there's a way we tell the story of creation. You know, it just means as God was just telling the man, God gave the man the walk. You know, the man was busy with the walk. And then God just was just looking at him. And God was just looking at a man who is helpless, who is confused, is tired, is lonely and suddenly the Lord said, ah! Mm, this man needs help. <laughs> this man needs help. And it is not good that a man be alone. Mm, I will make him a helpmate. You see, that's the context in which we read it. But that's, if you read it that way, we are not doing justice to the interpretation of that place. As we saw The man, God cannot say, that's when, because God cannot say, it is not good for the man to be alone. After all, he's not alone. They were created male and female. Chapter 2 was just referring to the formation of their body. So the woman, as a man, was in God's plan from the beginning. From the beginning. They are to be partners, as we said. They are to be co-workers and to be stewards of God's creation. So God did not create the woman to serve the man, but to serve together with the man. God did not create the woman to serve the man, but to serve together with the man. This is very profound and very important. Please men take note of this. The woman is not coming to serve you. She's coming to serve together with you. A work which is neither hers nor yours. It's a work given by God for you to accomplish. Now, I want to say this very carefully. It appears to me, and that's the truth. It appears to me. And I want you to go back, sir. And I want you to read verse 16 and 17 and 18 at least. Yes, sir.
1: And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Yes. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh For when you eat from it, you would certainly die. You will
0: certainly die. The next verse.
1: The Lord God said, it is not good. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Now, when I look at that, God gave man a commandment not to eat from the tree that he commanded him from. And he told him, the day you eat, you will die. God, who is all-powerful and all-seeing God, I perceive God seeing man will fall. And already, the next verse said, and now it is not good that I leave man like that. So I see this scripture as a cryptic message about God and his salvation plan for man. So it's not referring to the woman. It's not referring to the woman. I'm ending here. I want to define marriage. What is marriage? Now, after we have seen all that, why God instituted marriage? Why? What is marriage? So I'm trying to summarize a definition from all the reason why God instituted marriage. And that will guide you when you want to get married. That should guide you what you are coming to do. So there is no second guessing. No one should ask you again, why do you want to marry? And you don't know what to say. You don't know what to say. No. Marriage is a union or an institution for consenting adults. Please, all the words used here, they are carefully selected. You understand? You understand? Very carefully selected. You know, people used to uh, blame God. No, in the beginning, uh, when God brought the woman to the man, uh, he just gave the man, and the man didn't have a choice. Who told you? Were you the one that gave her the name? Woman? Were you the one that suddenly exclaimed, Hey! This is the bone of my bone. And the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called what? A woman. Because she was taken out of me. Adam, when God presented her, the same way God has been presenting people to us. So don't be thinking God has never presented anything to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The one you are eyeing, how did you know? You know, let me tell you, you know, there's arrogance in man to think that everything, he is the one that orchestrated by himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of us, if we ask you now, you will become like uh, the government of Nigeria. When things are working, they say, it is our plan. <laughs> when things are not working, you say, it is the hand of God. <laughs> you see that? So I don't want you to become like that. You understand? You must know that there are many things in your life that you didn't plan it, sir. I didn't plan, I will come to Cyprus. Sincerely speaking, I didn't plan I will go to Israel. I didn't plan I'll do PhD here. I didn't plan to stay here and lecture. So it is arrogance to just sit sometimes and just say, you know, most of these people are not serious. They don't plan. We're not saying you shouldn't plan. But we're trying to say to acknowledge there is a power. There is a hand upon you that moves you in the direction. How you see the lady you are beginning to like if you are not here, will you have seen her? And I often tell people there is almost 99.99% that your wife or your husband will come from the places you have visited or you have seen, whether from school, from church, from where you are coming in Nigeria or from anywhere. is only few parts and it is not normal. It's the prerogative of God that you will get married to a person you have never seen before. It's a small percentage and that is not even a determinant of the man. It's still a determinant of God because he's the one that can give you the vision. She is tall from Rwanda. You, understand? you know what some of us ignorantly have now begin to box God. You understand? God, as I go out. <laughs> Any lady with a green shirt. <laughs> you will learn in trouble. Marriage is a union or an institution for consenting adults. Adult, not children. Consenting—that means they have agreed, both of them. Not stealing. Listen. Who have love for each other or for one another? Are we together? And when I'm talking about this love, I'm talking to uh, believers here. I'm not just talking about romantic love. Are we together? I'm talking about love of God. The God kind of love. You understand? You have love for each other. That is, go and read 1 Corinthians 13. You will know what love means. So when I mean who have love for each other, please go to 1 Corinthians 13 and read it. That's what I mean. I don't mean you are my paradise. Then tomorrow, you are a beast. No, that's not what I mean. Are we together? And are willing to have sex. Are willing to have sex. If you don't want to have sex, don't marry. It's not by force. We're going to see it subsequently. It's not by force. That's why we say consenting adults. It's not by force. This is one of the duties. That's why I talked about it last time. Is a what? Duty. And I have said, if, if they're saying it's a duty, if you're a leader here, you already know your duty. Have we not given you a duty? So you already know every now and then you are entering church. And I, I thank God. Maybe I make example with uh, people like uh, those people who the, the our technical team and the rest. And some part of the choir that normally come very early in the morning on Sunday. You see them early in the morning they are they are here. It's because it is their duty. As you wake up in the morning, you know, it's a duty to pray. It's a duty to study the scriptures. You understand? It's sex is also a duty. You are willing to have sex together. Not multiple. Together. Two of you. Are we together? Two of you. Not sharing with another person. To give birth to children. For who? For God. Not for you. Please have it at the back of your mind. You have heard the word. God will will hold you in your truth tomorrow. (laughs) If you give back to a child, I say you must study this. If you don't study it, uh, you will not. You understand? My spirit will be there close to you. (laughs) 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 Lastly, and to team up to do what? To do God's work. To team up together to do God's work. So that is the definition of marriage. And I want you to hold this all the rest of your life. Whether you are married or not married. In fact, even if you choose not to marry, you will still give counsel to the married. Are we together? There is no one that said if you are not married, you cannot give counsel to the married. Amen? Amen. Then go and remove all the portion Paul wrote in the Bible. And the portion Jesus wrote. Hallelujah. Can we pray? Just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this time.